welcome to the sounder created out of the sounder of lady hoggers i am molly from the copper penny farm as always and i got my friends with me hello friends hello yes. friends <laughs> i am laura jensen the pig nerd probably sums up what i do by and large um what's been going in the pig neural nerd world um did a photo shoot today. That's why I've actually got makeup on and uh, my hair is clean. Uh, so that went well this morning. I got yeah. to hold one of our piglets during it, which was, uh, I don't know if it's a piglet still. That sucker probably weighed 80 pounds. So I get those pictures back tomorrow. Look forward to seeing the headshots and stuff like that. Um, in other news, I've got one seat left in that whole hog uh, butcher class that's coming up in November. So I'll be advertising for that. Retail stores skipping right along. Still don't have a start date on my federal license, um, but I'm hearing we're 90% there. So we'll see what the next week brings. And Yes, and that's and what matters. Yeah, that like, means, you know, me. one day, one day it'll just happen, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, and then by the time this airs, I will have taken a few days off. Much needed downtime. How about that, right? I'm, yes. I'm little, I, I need this. I definitely need this. <laughs> Yep. So what's up with you, Amanda? Well, I'm Amanda Buck at Buck Family Ranch and we are trucking along. We this past weekend took a little time off and a little time away after Ooh. working on the trials and stuff around here. And um we took the kids up to we we were just over the Wyoming border and we decided to go hiking. So we did it was roughly seven mile hike and um it's called the Darby Wind Caves. So we hiked up a mountain and found a cave back behind a waterfall. Super cool. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty neat. And um, it was tricky though, because up at the top, they had like three or four inches of snow and a lot of ice and mud. And it was just really slick. And so getting up, we managed, but trying to come back down was really tricky. So I love that. Yeah, it, it took a little while, but it was fun. It was really cool, really neat to see. And we would love to go back when the weather is a little more agreeable. It was neat yeah. to be able to snow and stuff like that, but it was still really overcast day and kind of chilly. And so the kid, everybody was a trooper, but Scout, our youngest, she turned five in September. She was um, – a little fussy through part of it, especially the coming down out of the cave because she slipped and fell in the stream that feeds the waterfall and got water down in her boots. And oh, it was, oh. yeah, made for good times getting back down. I bet, I bet Kellen, I bet Kellen was thrilled. <laughs> actually stayed very positive almost the entire time. I was really, oh. impressed. I was very impressed. There, he did have to stop and, and talk to Scout a couple times and was just like, are you five? Then why are you acting like a four-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. This is, this is four-year-old <laughs> shit, kid. Yeah, yeah there, was, there was a couple times that he had to break out, though. What is your problem? Yeah. <laughs> overall, it all went really good. So other than that, this week we are um, – We've been mapping out exactly where we're putting in our water and electric line for our corrals. We're finally going to do that this weekend. We're going to get that done. Um, looking forward to having that done because next week they're calling for snow. So it'll be good to have that in. 
And yeah, I think that's pretty much, pretty much that's what we've got going on. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I go to a little bit of just everything going on. I'm cleaning out my stuff. I'm doing my breeding pairings for my spring litters. And uh, that's going okay. Although hillbilly is trying to breed everybody. And it's just, I'm like, no hill
Well, you have to post some pictures of that. That will be special. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how she does. She's so freaking, I mean, she's really fat, so I, I don't know, but she's so, yeah. like, she's so good-tempered and, like, she's hilarious. Uh -huh. And she loves all the little babies out there. So I just wanted to see how she would do as her own mommy, you know? Yeah. yeah why not? Why not? You can you can find something to do with them. Absolutely. And if this, if, if this bitch has more than like six, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> but you'll survive that too. Yeah, because when her mommy, when I found out that her mommy was pregnant with pot bellies, uh -huh. and I was like, oh God. And then she had 11 and she weaned all 11. And I was of like, course. of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. But anyways, that's the way it goes. All yeah. right. So I'll just keep on rambling. Uh, let's get into it. Let's start it. Today, we're going back to the food again. And we're going to be talking about the old slicky slick, the old oil. Yes. All right. Y'all ready to talk about it? Let's do it. <clears throat> Here we go. So uh, we like to start off some things. We do have some articles, but what we're trying to talk about today is this bringing awareness to the actual oils that we are buying, that we're cooking with, that we're using raw, or that you just see on the shelves. We're going to talk about like what the difference are in those a little bit, what's good for you, what's bad for you, and a lot of things that a lot of people don't realize about these oils. So y'all yeah. ready? Yep, let's do it. Let's yes. talk about, let's start off with an article. Whoever wants to go, Amanda, Laura. I got us. Amanda's like, what? Oh, Not yeah. Molly. <laughs> we are highlighted here. We are all set. So uh, I'm just going to jump in with the articles and then we'll share our, our personal thoughts. Um, so uh, this is the purpose and plan behind Zero Acre Oil, uh, which we're not promoting that product, uh, but they do have some great information. So uh, it, it goes on to say, uh, unfortunately, our health is trending in the wrong direction. Six in 10 American adults have a chronic disease. Over 40% are obese and our healthy life expectancy is decreasing for the first time in our recorded history. The yeah. biggest change in our diet since chronic disease and obesity rates started climbing is the increasing consumption of vegetable oils, which now make up 20% of our calories and have been linked to obesity, heart disease, cancer, neurodegenerative disease, and more. Um, perhaps it's not a coincidence uh, that increased vegetable oil consumption relates to these things. Uh, since they first entered our diets, plenty of scientific findings suggest that seed oils have toxic effects on cells, animals, and humans. Abundant evidence also suggests they're likely unsafe for long-term consumption in quantities most people eat today. Kind of, kind of sums up what we're talking about today, don't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it does. But, you know, one thing that I'm glad that we're doing about this is to also show the alternative to natural, you know, fat, natural animal fat, mm -hmm. you know. But I think that people, if you look at it, vegetable oil is really in almost every single thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I work with one of the major um, food distribution companies um, through the retail store, and I was talking with my sales rep a few weeks ago. And he said that their company actually started and their number one product nationwide is vegetable oil. They're known for their frying oils. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that anything that you are buying in the store that is not on the outer perimeter, yes, you're most likely going to find vegetable seed oil. You're going to find oils of some sort in it that eaten in the dosages that we eat them in are unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for me, this is all part of my very personal food journey. Uh, it's no secret that I have an epic amount of food sensitivities. Uh, and it's part of what prompted me to start the retail store down there. So as I cleaned up my diet and got things down to what I knew was a clean meat and a vegetable that I could eat and it would be okay, um, I would still have these moments where I would have an allergic reaction to what I ate. And for me, that was um, intense swelling, like my whole body would, you know, swell up joint pain, brain fog, just, you know, like I just needed to lay down and rest. And as y'all know, I don't really get to do that a whole lot. Um, so what we figured out it was, is it was the oils that I was consuming. So we started working with that and I, I bought what I thought was a good uh, olive oil. In fact, we had it imported from Italy. Turns out it was a blend, had the same issue. Uh, and then uh, as my husband was doing more research one day, um, he ran across an article that uh, these oils these are what is causing potentially my issues. But what was really interesting to me is there's a correlation to obesity uh, with it in America, that it's not high fructose corn syrup, not that I'm saying that's good, but um, that, that really it's a corn, it's a, it's a vegetable and seed oil consumption rate that mimics the rise of obesity more so than any other product in the U.S. Well, well you have to look at it though. We ingest so much fried food. I don't, but yes, Americans do. Yes, yes. Americans, uh, like, for example, when I moved into my home, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the I have two kitchens. My house is basically split. It's like two houses. Mm -hmm. So the upstairs kitchen had never been used. The stove wasn't even plugged up when they put it in in the early 90s. Wow. Uh, yeah, it still had the papers inside of it, and so did my dishwasher. Wow. But... Anyways, downstairs in that kitchen is where they did majority of their cooking. And there was, there was like just caked on grease. I'm talking about, cause I have open ceilings. And so all my piping is running through basically like industrial style or whatever. Okay. And there was grease caked on those pipes. Cause they literally fried every single thing that they ate. Ew. Yes. <laughs> And he also had five heart attacks. Well, and that's kind of what all this says. Heart disease is, is one of those things. And, um, you know, as far as, is, like you mentioned, what's healthy and what's not, some of it is, of course, the oil that you're using, but what is the smoke point, right? Because yes. it's within that smoke, if you're already using something that's from a, a mechanized process and now you're inhaling the smoke from it, you're getting it twice. You're ingesting it and you're breathing it in. Yeah. Well, and to add, let's add on a little more. If you're doing that all in a Teflon pan, you're also inhaling <laughs> Teflon. Right? Yeah. So that too. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. I know I'm a little older than y'all, but I remember when those came out and uh, I remember having the pan that didn't have any more in it, um, you know, and still using yes. it. <laughs> yeah. Not yes. Knowing it's better. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think it is interesting too, just, you know, to point out 
the difference, one of the, one of the differences here, obviously we we're talking about health effects, but I want to point out something. If I'm eating something that is highly processed and contains a lot of these oils and things like that, I may eat it. And when I'm done eating it, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satiated. Mm -hmm. If you put a big old ribeye in front of me, slathered in butter, I'm going to eat that thing, fat and all, and just be like, man, that yeah. hit the spot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I see it too, the way I eat. If I cheat, I'm the same way. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I'm not satisfied. Yeah. yeah. And so that's uh, something else to point out is that because of that, people are overeating and eating more and more and ingesting more and more of these things. And that's why we are eating them at such unhealthy levels. Yeah. And because it's not satisfying, just like artificial sweeteners and so many other things. When you're trying to mimic nature, it doesn't, it's not satisfying. Well, it's, it's, it's satisfying when it's on your palate. Yes. You know, but it, it's a, it's a momentary moment. Yeah. That's what I was yeah, curious. But, but the further I get away from eating like that, it's not even satisfying anymore. No. Yeah. Um, it's not. You know, one of our local chicken places um one of my daughters loves it and i just don't think it has any flavor at all I, you know yeah yeah well and i think too after you kind of wean yourself off of that stuff and you you might have cravings for it for a little bit but after it's totally out of your system you don't miss it at all yeah uh, i go through my i think i think for me it is it is hard to go against culture you know, uh, yeah. friends want to go out to eat. I largely can't eat out. Um, and uh, it's tough. I think it's it's more of a subliminal peer pressure um, sometimes, or I just, I don't want to cook anything. So yeah. uh, it's it's challenging. I don't, I don't get it right every day, but I personally had to make a choice that I can't work at the level I have to and maintain all these things and eat like that. It just, I, yeah. my brain is not clear enough to manage things like I have to now and yeah. that's another choice so. well you know when we're talking about like the cause what made me go away from like eating fast foods and stuff is because I mean I ended up being able to cook better than food than what I was getting and I'm like I don't want to pay money for that because it tastes like shit yeah I could cook I could have cooked that myself yeah you know yeah but talking about oils and stuff so like I think a lot of people have misconceptions and the misconception, you know, it, they don't, they don't realize that, um, what did we call it? The burn point, the, the smoke, smoke point. point. Yeah. yeah. People yeah. don't, people don't realize that like olive oil, everybody thinks that's like olive oil, coconut oil. They all think that these are like the best oils that you should use, but you are not supposed to use them to a certain point. Like, grilling or bait you know what I mean or fry panning something people don't realize that yeah you know we were talking about that before we came on that actually uh in terms of smoke point in Fahrenheit of course avocado oil is your best at 570 uh butter is only 350 most of us are cooking on a stove hotter than 350 I, I would assume yes um coconut oil refined coconut oil is uh 450 uh corn oils 440 there you go there's that higher point that people are moving to these with um olive oil extra light 468 degrees so that's probably where i personally would go olive oil extra light yeah um, soybean oil refined is 460 degrees so 
that's where some of this is coming in that that um but, but then you look at it and some of those are awful for you that's what yep. you know so is this uh, uh this is punny but i'm gonna say it uh is this smoke and mirrors you know yeah. i mean these yeah. things oh well now they have this higher smoke point so it's good for you but it's slowly killing you as you eat it yeah well yes. and that's just it that's just it i feel like okay so we're looking at we have vegetable oils right those can come from anything seeds nuts fruits grains legumes yep part a classification within vegetable oils is seed oils and seed oils they contain moderate to high linoleic acid and they're derived from the seed of a crop canola corn cottonseed soy sunflower safflower grapeseed rice bran canola mm -hmm. corn and soy are in everything mm -hmm. yeah sunflower mm -hmm. oil is in a lot of things mm -hmm. I mean, sunflower oil so these are these are very common oils that are used and whether they have a higher smoke point or not if they're in the foods that you are ingesting and you're either ingesting quite a few foods that contain these these oils or you're eating a lot of a specific food that contains these oils you're ingesting way more linoleic acid then your body can process. And linoleic acid, just so that we know, it's an omega-6 polyunsaturated fat. Your body needs a little bit of it, like 1% to 2%. Most Americans eat 6 to 10% in a day, which is awful for you. Linoleic acid, it builds up and it builds up. It can cause heart disease. It can cause uh, cancers, it can cause obesity, like all these you're seeing correlated with vegetable oils and seed oils. I think that there is a direct correlation with linoleic acid. And if you look at things that are lower in linoleic acid, the majority of your animal fats are lower in linoleic acid. So mm -hmm. you're still get a healthy amount of omega-6, but it's it's in a healthier form. It's in a natural form. And even if the, the uh, smoke point isn't as high as some of these other ones, the long-term effect that you're going to receive from that, in my opinion, you're better off to use an animal-based fat for doing yeah. your cooking, things like that. Or how yeah. about the good old air fryer? Do y'all, you may not have yeah. one, Molly. Y'all, everybody have one of those? I mean, I love mine. We were on our third one, you know, that that makes me be able to eliminate most of those things. You've got one, Molly? Yeah. So uh, I have an air fryer. Kim, Kim gave me an air fryer. It's a, mm -hmm. a ninja, a ninja air yeah. fryer. Yeah. And uh, so Marilyn, you know, she come down to visit me. We literally cooked everything in the air fryer. That's so much fun. You can do so many things in them. We cooked ribeyes in the air fryer. Wow, that'd be fun. I hadn't tried that. Yeah. We were like, we were like, well, we cooked our chicken in it. And I was like, damn, that's actually, because it was so moist and juicy still. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and she brought, she brought a bunch of, a uh, bunch of stuff over to the house. And so she had gotten ribeyes and it was like a four pack, I think. And uh, I was like, okay, well, let's just try one as a dummy. Like, yeah. let's see, you know, and we did, we cooked it uh, three, because we did medium rare three minutes on each side so cooked it three minutes flipped it over cooked it it was perfection wow I, I hate like the only thing that i didn't like about it was 
I like an extremely hard sear. Mm -hmm. Like I like to sear mine off really good. Mm -hmm. And then it's real, you know, this mm -hmm. didn't have like a, a super hard sear, but it, mm -hmm. oh my God, the fan, the, the taste was fantastic. And it was so ju uh, juicy. Well, and that's a way to avoid these oils too then. Yeah. So that is another way. But then yeah. I'm like, are we, are we that far away from a microwave? I mean, so, so we had one of the first air fryers and, uh, Bill looked at it and he's like, this is nothing but, uh, like an eye on the stove. And literally yeah. some of the first ones were, it was the coal off a stove and that's, you know, yeah. and that's why you had to flip it. So, oh, I mean, okay. we haven't, we haven't found that there's anything to them other than, you know, electric heat sources. What about you, Amanda? Have you seen anything different? I haven't. And I agree. We had an air fryer for a little bit when they first were big and then yeah. I, I, don't have one currently but I'm looking at getting a I, I need to figure out something different for our camper oven because that thing makes me crazy is so, it a camper oven truly a camper style oven yes I'd be crazy yeah yes so when I cook a meal for my family I have to split it up into three different pans mm -hmm. yeah. well that that's how it was when I lived in Sicily and when I lived in Europe. The stove, the appliances over there are super small. <laughs> well, I maybe I could live there because I'm learning to adapt. But <laughs> oh, but it but but what it made me realize was because I mean when we lived in we're getting sort of off track here. I'm so sorry. That's when okay. we lived in Sicily, you know they cook big meals. They cook big meals, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. But it's not like, like they're not preparing these huge, huge pots of things. It's big meals of small portions. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. See, it's totally like, than the American yeah, like way. My, my pans and pots, my pans and stuff that I brought from America would not fit in the oven. They were too big. Hmm. Too long. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So let's get back to the oils. Okay. Of yeah, yeah. course. Let's talk about these. Uh, Amanda, you uh, did an excellent job describing the vegetable oils. Uh, I just wanted to yeah. share a couple lines from, from again, this article um, that explains why this has just came up. Um, so uh, seed oils are refined from seeds of crops uh, using industrial methods, including solvents, high heat, and large amounts of mechanical pressure. And that's one reason the relatively recent, a relatively recent addition to the human diet before large scale industrial manufacturing and processing, it simply wasn't a viable option to produce many seed oils and add them to foods. So that goes to what you said exactly, Amanda, that, you know, is if we were eating the traditional as, as God made things, it's okay. It's when man mechanizes the process and tries to improve on it I don't know you know there's a dollar in here somewhere and I'm not anti that but anyhow yeah. well um, and I, you know we people as a whole it's good to be able to progress it's good to be able to um simplify processes like those are not I don't feel at their heart that is a bad thing I am not anti I'm not completely anti-convenience yeah. there are there are certain parts of convenience that I really and truly appreciate um, but I think you just have to pick and choose wisely with that. And if, you know, if you can find cooking oils, you can find oils that can 
serve the purpose that you need them to, but are healthier for your family and healthier for yourself, then I think that that's something that you should seriously consider because if you're doing those things at home, when you're out and about and eating foods that you don't have as much control over, at least you're not getting doses that are, I, I keep saying doses, like you're medicating yourself, but you're not ingesting um, those oils in amounts that could be toxic. So mm-hmm. one thing I was reading in that article was talking about toxicity and how foods, these foods themselves may not be considered toxic on their own, but in the amounts that we are ingesting them, they become toxic. Mm -hmm. And so if you are covering your bases at home to make sure that you're not, you know, cooking everything in vegetable oil or canola oil, and you're not adding those to the things that you're making, um, and you can use, you know, swap it out for healthier options, then I feel like if you are getting exposure to some of those oils and the things that you were eating outside of your own home, you're not ingesting them in a toxic level. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, that That's how I have to live. You know, we, we still like to go out with friends. We still like to travel here and there. Um, yep. You know, like the guy pan thing, you know, the overnight deal. Um, I did take some food with me, but I find that if I can eat super clean for as many weeks as I can up to something, it's okay. I can cheat a little bit and it's, and it's fine, but yeah. I can't eat like that every day. Uh, I just, I simply can't function. So yeah, I, I get that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like I brought up earlier though, I, I mean, whatever, I look at it different maybe, but I just find it odd that we can produce and have so many varieties and so much abundance of varieties of something to me, it's it can't be wholeheartedly what what it says it is, because how is there that much to produce out of that? You know what I mean? Like there's seventeen hundred brands of vegetable oil and olive oil and great. You know what I mean? And there's is it really is that really what I'm consuming? Like they really there's enough to make all that? <laughs> well, we've been lied to before, haven't we, Molly? <laughs> yeah, like it's so bizarre to me. It's interesting. I will give you that because I know like in this article that uh, Laura has been referencing, it has a little chart there that talks about it takes 98 ears of corn to make five tablespoons of corn oil or like a crazy amount of grapes, 2,800 sunflower seeds, all these, I think it was 2,800 sunflower seeds. I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but it is a pretty large number of things to be able to make all these, these oil. Yeah. So with having that, it that is an interesting point. It is an interesting point. I'm not going to say here or there, but it is interesting. Yeah. No, I find it. I find it bizarre, man. When I yeah. started really thinking about it, you know, because I've started using lard for most of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know what that is. I raised that. You know That's what I mean? Right. It's Same. it comes straight off the animal. Yep. Yeah. And it don't have BPA in it, like whatever that stuff is at the store. But, you know, that was that was one of the first things that I um, discovered on my journey to uh, understanding my own food and how to eat well. And, you know, I'm a kid that was raised on Crisco. You know, I was a baker for a while and that was my go to. And to realize that uh, the the cottonseed oil, I think, that Crisco is essentially it's not meant for humans to consume. And it was a byproduct of another industry. And there's also some some reports that say that there wasn't heart disease 
until its invention, until its application into the American diet, which was largely a smear campaign against lard. So, uh, you know, I have heard my whole life, you know what? My granddaddy ate eggs and grits and biscuits and he was just fine. What is it about today? Well, how about that? So we literally have changed everything. Yeah. 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 And I don't think it was we, I think it was some people. And I think that we as consumers are busy people, like we've talked about before. And I think it happened under our feet and we didn't even know it was happening. Well, yeah. it also it also goes to us chasing convenience and trend. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Crisco, I mean, you look at any of the older cookbooks, right? Mm-hmm. Crisco is used in everything. You know, they came out with their own cookbooks as part of their marketing campaign to help promote it. Yeah, like I make I make well, I make majority of my own bread and uh, mm-hmm. I use one recipe really. For almost everything, mm-hmm. uh, to make my loaves, to make my rolls, to make my garlic knot, everything, donuts. I use one recipe, and uh, it calls for Crisco. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and I've always promoted that recipe and promoted you know all that. And then I was like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. you know. So now I've started using lard instead. Yeah, <laughs> but I've had to try, try, try again to get my lard at the right, you know, the right amount compared to what I use for my Crisco. Right. And that was, that's where, yeah, I find that, uh, and of course I've only used Maison lard. um, So other breeds could be different. I don't, I don't know. and just don't know that, but I find that it's roughly half um, of of, um, what would be Crisco or a vegetable oil. Half of it in lard is where you want to start. Now we just released a biscuit recipe uh, that includes the lard from my hogs I think uh, it was a little stronger than that. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, did y'all see the YouTube thing with the hundred degree test? Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, what I'm talking about, y'all, is it's generally thought in pastured hogs that if the if leaf lard rendered leaf lard will liquefy at at uh, room temperature, which I find to be a very big number, that it's heart healthy. So I had a, a hot plate that would do hundred degrees from cold. Uh, and it and it melted the Maison leaf lard just fine. Um, yeah. So that that's how I started. It is hard, you know, like you're saying, Molly, we, we've ingrained these products into our life every day. And it's hard to just flip the switch and move from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it truly is. But if you, you know, not trying to push people towards one way or the other, but if you would try a all natural, a lard, mm-hmm. not, not your store bolt lard no find a farmer yeah that's 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 a whole that's that's different lard it's got other chemicals in it right i mean yeah shelf stabilizer a lot of of people don't look just like they don't look at labels of things they don't look at that they Mm -hmm. see lard and they think that is lard no no it's not Mm -hmm. you know and uh so uh, in the background i've been doing a lot of different things with my lards uh, trying to, I'm coming up with new projects and stuff. Good. And uh, you can see, I can, there's a whole difference to the food that I consume now that mm-hmm. I'm making with my lard. Yeah. Tell me about yours with your hogs. Are you seeing the same things that I'm talking about? Does it carry across to other pastured hogs? Yes. Wonderful. Yes, it That's does. Fantastic. So, 
And that's the reason that I'm adding, you know, the new breed to my farm because <laughs> of their lard. Because we are like, are you crazy? And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really <laughs> I'm chasing, I'm chasing, I'm trying to get to the most natural product that I can get to. The yeah. closest to nature that I can get to. And, yeah. uh, you know, and it starts with the, the meat, obviously, but I'm trying to work my land and everything. And I'm pushing my hogs to work on my land. That way they're absorbing more of nature, vitamin D, everything. Um, but it goes to the Lord as well. The melting point of the Lord, the taste of the Lord, the vitamins and nutrients that are in the Lord that people don't even realize, you know, right. right. And it is a, it is a totally different. So I, I would, I would, you know, try to reinforce to people that maybe try to get to know your farmer and get yeah. you some all natural fat, some all natural lard mm -hmm. and compare it to your vegetable oils and your Crisco's and your, you know, and compare that. Yeah. 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 From, well, go ahead, Amanda. I was just going to say, even if people can't get lard directly from a farmer, because I know sometimes when you're getting things from a small farmer, Laura, for you, it might be because of your kitchen. I ship nationwide, but go ahead. I know where you're going. <laughs> you, you can't sell like kitchen products. You, yes. regard, you have to have a commercial kitchen or a state that offers you a facility to do that. And that's yeah. not accessible for some farmers. No. Any farmers actually. But, but you can get leaf fat from your farmer to yes. be able to render your own lard and it is not a super challenging process it's pretty easy to do so just wanted to throw that out there <laughs> yep yep you're right um for me I use a double bowler I know a lot of people recommend using a crock pot but I find that yep. it browns it a little bit uh and you know I've seen people uh, have it come out just fine in a crock pot but for yep. me when I looked, I did go to the commercial um, production to see how they made it in steam kettles or how they do it. I don't know if y'all have priced steam kettles, but uh, it was like $5,000. So yes. I came up with a hot plate and a 22-gallon double boiler pot for about $200. <laughs> and that's that's how we do it. You know, just don't cover it. Don't let any moisture get in it. Uh, I grind it, but you don't have to. You could cube it. Yep. Um, and, you know, we can have leaf lard rendered um, in four hours. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like one of the one of the ladies on the page, uh, she started out with pigs not too long ago from me. And uh, one of our first things was like, how do I render this lard, man? Yeah. And yeah. she was scared of it. And I'm like, no, it's super simple. I use a crock pot too now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm like, just low and slow, man, and yeah. let it roll. You know, yeah. it's to find that temperature and mm -hmm. low and slow and let it go. And, you know, people... People think that it's so hard, but it's really, it's super easy. No, and even if it is slightly brown, that doesn't really change the flavor. It's more of uh, what we think it should look like and are accustomed yeah. to, you know, unless yeah. you burn it and you'll know if you burned it, you can, you can use it. So, yeah. 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 I'm doing the but, same thing with the tallow products I'm working on making. So yeah. just. So whether you are doing this with pork fat or you can you can also do this with um, leaf fat from cattle or sheep and make a tallow product, um, that's the difference. I, I feel like lard and tallow are two words going around right now. And just for people who don't know what the difference is, lard comes from pig fat 
tallow comes from suet or like beef fat or lamb fat that is considered a tallow it's been rendered they're rendered fats that makes tallow rendered fat from a pig makes lard so yeah i think people make leaf fat yeah 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 and And people people don't understand yeah I'm glad you stopped to go over that. Yeah, because I just plowed right through that. So I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> are like, what I, are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I, there is a difference. And I know those are big words that are kind of thrown, thrown around. Um, and yeah, I, I have noticed in some of the Facebook groups that I'm a part of, people will kind of use those words interchangeably when it's like they're actually two totally different things. So they are. yeah, clarify. And in our case, I'm actually working on a candle line myself and I am not going to use Maison leaf lard in it because of that, that body temperature thing. I can't see that going well or smelling well six months down the road, but um, I am looking at maybe using uh, tallow, rendering some beef fat and maybe incorporating that down the road. um, Yeah. Make a candle Uh because that that tallow I've always seen is super hard, like a soap kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The tallow, it, it definitely does. It hardens like a soap. Um, I, for what I'm doing, I'll be adding some oils that are liquid at room temp and that will help make it a little creamier. And then I'm also going to whip it and that will also make it creamier. But yes, tallow itself is very hard. I know we, I feel like we're going down a major, like major tangent, but we were actually getting ready to do some candles, possibly also rendering beeswax from one of our local honey farms and taking the caps off of the honeycombs and rendering those to be able to make beeswax candles. So I, I love that we're all like kind of doing our own little side projects and we're just like, I don't know. It's like, it's all coming from the land. It's coming from what's, what's there readily available. And I think at the end of the day, that's why all of us and all of our listeners are literally like WTF. Yeah, we we think of ourselves as kind of a natural being want to live in a natural way and and just trying to eat has become a war zone, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's the purpose of this is like, you know, we didn't start out like this. You know, we're learning. We're learning ourselves as well, Mm -hmm. you know. And then if you, once, once I have learned these different things, well, then I've been sourcing out different ways to get away from those things, yeah. except, for, except for the cigarettes. I'm going to have to figure out what to do about the cigarettes. In time, in time. You got a few irons in the fire. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely can't quit right now because I would be truly homicidal. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't come back from the holler next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I do like pointing out these things that people think are extremely healthy and organic and so beneficial to their bodies that they, you know, they're consuming all this all the time. And then, you know, but we are trying to bring a different perspective of that. Like, no, that's actually not true. That's just marketing and propaganda that has convinced you of this. You Mm -hmm. know, this Mm -hmm. is the, this is the facts. Why mm-hmm. not try something that is truly natural? Yeah. You know, yeah. and yeah. find your way, something that's been here for since we started existing. Yeah. yeah. You know, for me, I kind of have to eat a single ingredient food broccoli, steak, chicken. Cheese is not a single ingredient, but that's my other go to to live off of. But um, that's, that's what I find. I have to live simple like that, you know? That's and, and that's, yeah. Yeah, we're the same. Where we came from, right? 
Yeah. Yes. And, you know, but just like we pointed out earlier, these things, you know, olive oil, of course, has been here for however long. Olive oil, grapeseed oil, sunflower oil, canola oil, all these avocado oil, all this stuff. It's, you know, going back to they're not bad for you in the beginning. It's right. what humans have done to these that we're like, you better watch out what you're doing now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and the quantities that they're being consumed in because of how we have begun to, to when in, bleh, in processing foods, these oils have begun to be in everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so that's, yeah, I think it's the, the way that they have been altered, the way that, um, the food system has been industrialized mm -hmm. and quantities that we are consuming things in is what makes them so unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you think? Do you think, do you all have anything else you want to say about the old oils today? Uh, I, I would say, don't think you can do this by flipping the switch for everything that we just said, you know, we're, we're conditioned to these things going cold Turkey is about impossible you know, uh, and, yeah. and that's kind of scary in itself that, you know, does it create this addiction or whatever? And maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But, but if you decide to make some of these shifts, give yourself grace and work within yeah. your time, your time frame, and do what works for you and, and your family and your people. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it is important for people to understand the oils and what, and, yeah. and their, and the points or the percentages of what they're intaking compared to what your body actually needs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's important to, if people are listening and kind of going, wow, I didn't know this, or you're listening and, and thinking, I've heard a little bit about this, but I don't know a lot about it. I would really encourage people to just start researching. It doesn't take much effort to really kind of dive in. I feel like a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about recently is all stuff that I began learning about because of my own set of health issues. I know, Laura, you've talked about yours. I've talked about a little bit about mine. And I am living right now day and night different from what I was a year ago because of making drastic food changes and being <laughs> through those drastic food changes, being able to correct hormone imbalances, being able to correct and manage stress better, um, getting my cortisol levels back where they needed to be. There were so many things that were way, way out of whack. And I think that the old saying, let food be thy medicine is what really has transformed my life. Um, mm -hmm. and I think that if you are, if, if you are listening to these things and you're hearing what we're saying and you have more questions about it, feel free to reach out, but also let it empower you to begin to do some more research and like really dive in and see like if you're yeah. experiencing health problems and your doctor's saying no you're fine all your numbers look good but you know you're not fine yeah it out there there are ways to do that and I think a lot of it boils down to diet and the foods that we are eating these oils that are so terrible for you and you know th there's a lot of ingredients that we really do try to stay away from not just the oils but other things too that are major endocrine disruptors and just, I don't know. And those are not just in the things that you eat, but in everyday products, endocrine disruptors are and artificial fragrances and all these, like I could just keep on going, but I would say just 
be willing to do a little bit of research if this is something that is kind of like igniting a spark and you're, you're wanting to learn more about it. Don't be afraid to research it. Exactly. All right. You got anything else, Laura? Nope. Happy to be here. Y'all have a good one. Yes. So how about y'all go feed them hogs and them churros? Okay. Bye y'all. Bye. Love y'all. Bye.